Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Take out those worship guides. Inside are some sermon notes. I'm ready to go. Part three of our series called My Joy Is My Job, which I love this title. I love the idea that, man, we got to take personal responsibility of the joy in our life. I know so many people are going, well, I was so happy, and, you know, and then that person came into my life. I'm like, why are they responsible for your joy? Why is your job responsible for your joy? Why is your bank account responsible for your joy? Your joy is your responsibility. Let's take a little bit of ownership of this as Christians and realize that we can have access to joy in any season. So part one, we talked about the difference between joy and happiness. If you missed the message, check it out. And then last week from chapter two, we're going verse by verse through this. We talked about joy in our relationships. Come on, how many know it's difficult to have joy when you got some cray-cray people in your life, amen? Like, we, we, we just, it's some difficult people in our life. And today, we're gonna go into chapter three. By the way, next Sunday, I'll preach chapter four, which is the final uh, chapter of Philippians. And then two weeks from today, it's at the movies 2019. So I, I'll say this, because I need to get in the message, but I'll say this one thing. We design certain times throughout the year that are perfect evangelistic experiences. So you can always bring a friend to Radiant. It's always a good Sunday. But there's certain Sundays and certain series that are like, it's made for your friends to be at. And I want you to know, At the Movies is one of those. So St. Pete, you've never experienced this before. I want you to know, you're in for a treat. It's, it's a game changer. We do, I, I don't want to brag, but I'm telling you, I'm, I'm very involved in the church world and in the church world, we are the best at the best when it comes to at the movies. I'm telling you, we're the best. So, so you're going to see an experience that you'll never forget. It's going to be amazing. June the 2nd, these rooms will all pack out. So make sure you get there early. And you're going to want to bring friends because you're going to be what, sitting there going, oh, why didn't I bring my friend this one Sunday? So it's going to be huge. It's a great experience for the whole family. There's giveaways every week. It's a lot of fun. You want to get ready for it. Okay, let's do this. Chapter 3, opening revivals. Philippians 3, and, and here's how it starts, all right? It starts with a statement that is crucial for your life. And I want you to get this, ready? He says, whatever happens. If you underline in your Bible, that's a great phrase for you to underline right there. Whatever happens. Now, let me tell you, Paul was not writing this whole passage for you to say, hey, when you win the lottery, when you get the promotion, when you finally get the ring on your finger, when, when, it's, when it's a good season, be happy. Paul's not talking about that. Paul is in the midst of prison, in the midst of a hard time, in the midst of difficult situations, and he says, whatever happens. I, I want to encourage some people today that whatever season you're in, here's the challenge for you. Ready? My dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. You can have joy in the Lord in any season that you're in. I'm telling you, you can walk around with a smile on your face. I'm going to show you how in any season in your life. And look how Paul says this. He's a great pastor because he reminds them multiple times. He says, I never get tired of telling you these things. This is what I like to do. I like to reiterate the importance of this thing over and over again. And here's why I'm going to tell you this, and it's very important because, listen, I do it to, what is that word? Safeguard your faith. In other words, I'm going to do it to protect your faith because if you don't learn, listen to me, Radiant, if you don't learn how to have joy in tough, difficult seasons, then listen to me, the first thing that you'll throw out is your faith during that time. So I'm going to help you for a little bit because I love the mountaintops. I love living at a mountaintop, 
but I've experienced some valleys in my life, and I think there's some people here today that have experiencing some valleys in their life. So let me show you over the next few minutes how to write it down in your notes, how to have joy in difficult seasons. Uh, difficult seasons. Come on, last week we talked about difficult people. I'm, I'm telling you, I'll take difficult people over difficult seasons any day of the week. Can I hear an amen from somebody? Like difficult people, you ignore them on Facebook, block them on social media, ignore their phone call. But difficult seasons come to all of us. They, we all have those times where finances are tighter. We get the bad diagnosis or a relationship ends. Difficult seasons are everywhere. Here's what's interesting about difficult seasons. Listen to it. You can have two people go through the exact same difficult season. One of them on the other side has a greater love for God and a greater relationship with God. One of them on the other side throws out their faith completely. And you know this. You've seen this happen. Two people with the same diagnosis. One of them leans into God. One of them runs away from God. Two people deal with loss in their family. One of them, they draw close to God. One of them falls away from God. Why? Why is this? You can have two people with the exact same situation. I remember when I was a senior in high school, I worked at a banquet hall. I was a server. Come on. I, I'm telling you, I think everybody should be a server one day in their life. Hey, man, like it's just, you'll learn to tip better, to talk better, to not be nice to people. Come on. You, you just, you don't take out your anger on those servers. I was there. I did it for years. I did it all through college. But I got fired from a couple different jobs. Um, this was one of them. That wasn't too great. I, I was a banquet server, and I kept, I didn't know how to hold the, the tray. I wasn't good at it. I was, I was what we call um, not focused and a little ADD. And so I'd walk around, I'd be talking to people the whole time. And just the, you know, if you're working in a banquet hall, you know, like there's a lot of alcohol served. So the alcohol's falling on everybody. But I, I ended up dropping it on one time the, the, the bride's mother. I know, I know. She said the same thing. She was all upset too. It's not a big deal. You know, you're not getting married, but I guess to her it was a big deal. So, um, uh, yeah, that's why I lost my job. So I ended up getting fired. Well, a week later, my friend got fired, and he was not a believer. He was, he was, he was far away from God, but he got fired. And I remember me going out of that situation going, all right, what's the next job? I'm going to apply for the next one. I'm smiling on my face. I'm hanging out. I'm going to my friends with my friends to the movies that night. I got fired. They're like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It's a job. Life goes on, you know? And then, and then my friend gets fired for a totally different reason. And I don't hear from him for a week or two. I call him. I show up to his house. He was in his room for two days. He's frustrated. He doesn't want to apply for another job. He's angry at life. And I'm sitting there going, how can we go through the exact same thing and get to two totally different results? And I realized there was a missing ingredient in his life that I had in my life that I want to make sure you have in yours. Now, I'm going to talk about the missing agreement ingredient, but I'm going to connect it with what I think is the most practical class that I ever took in high school. Okay? I don't remember a lot of high school. I don't remember geometry. I don't remember a lot of the history. I don't remember uh, pre-calculus. Come on, I don't remember any of that. But I remember home ec. Anybody take home ec? Come on. That, I don't know if they still do home ec. It's, it's the best class I think everybody should take in. Because you're going to learn all the, like, the real practical stuff. I remember our first year of marriage, Katie uh, bought a sewing kit that uh, she wanted to take on sewing, which was exciting. Except that... Uh, it hasn't been used since our first day of marriage. It was really awesome. <laughs> Love you, baby. So, uh, so we bought this sewing kit, and she had a hard time threading the needle. I said, don't worry. I took home ec. 
I remember I got that thing threaded it all perfect. And one of the things, you, I had to stitch it. I was like, no, 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 no worry. I got my stitch game down. And I was stitching it through. And I knew how to do it to tie it in the right space so that it doesn't unravel. Like, I had these skills. She didn't even know about these skills. And I said, yeah, they're home ec, baby. Like, I learned this stuff. True story, our couch at our very first house, we had homemade pillows on them. So people would come over and go, oh, did you make those? And I'd go, no, I made those. <laughs> Wasn't a wee thing. I did it. And uh, they got thrown out real quick. But they were really, they were amazing. I did. I made them. Home ec. And home ec, one of my favorite things to do, uh, we had a bake-off one day. So we were going to see who could make the best homemade bread. Last time I ever made homemade bread, but it was awesome. But I remember uh, we opened up the little containers where you make the bread. And everybody's was in there. Smells all good if you've made homemade bread before. And I opened up mine, and I look, and I go, um, teacher, there's a problem. So everybody else's was nice and fluffy and great. And mine was just sitting at the very bottom of the container. And I take it out, and it's just a rock. Like, you could have killed somebody with this bread. Like, you couldn't, if you would have bit into it, your teeth would have been knocked out of there. So I said, I said, what was the problem? And she said, and anybody that bakes knows what she's going to say. She said, you missed an ingredient. You forgot to put... You forgot to put yeast inside of it. So you, you missed a crucial ingredient. Here's what yeast does. Listen to me. Listen. In the heat of the, the baking process, when the pressure is on, when you, add, when you have that ingredient in it, it doesn't kill the food. It actually makes it better. And I wonder how many people in here today are missing out on the key ingredient. When life brings fire and intensity and pressure, I'm telling you, if you know how to access joy in those moments, it won't kill you. It'll make you stronger. It'll make you better than ever before. You'll, be, uh, you'll reach your potential because of the pressure. If you learn to input this ingredient in your life. And I'm telling you this as someone who's been through some valleys. I've been through some difficult seasons. You wouldn't want to hear me if I wasn't through some difficult seasons. And I think there's some people here today, you're frustrated because you keep going through difficult seasons. And I tell people all the time this, write it down in your notes, that a faith that isn't tested can't be trusted. So, so I want to help you in this time that you feel like your, your faith is being tested so much. I want you to know, listen, maybe that's just God's way of putting you in a fire so much that if, with this ingredient of joy in your life, you'll be able to grow and prosper and reach your potential and reach your fulfillment like you never thought you could before. Come on, can we give God a little bit of praise? Amen? It's possible with your life. So I'm going to show you how, and I'm going to use it as an illustration that might not connect but we're having fun here at Radiant Church today, okay? And, and I learned this illustration a few weeks ago. I preached in North Carolina. So I'm staying at a nice hotel. It's downtown North Carolina. And um, I go down to, they said, your driver is going to pick you up. I was like, oh, that's nice. I can just drive myself. He's like, no, 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 no. We have a driver. Come and get you. I was like, well, that's nice. I feel like a VIP. And so I get down to the lobby, and this guy, and he's decked out in a suit. He's got the ear little uh, thing in here. And he said, are you Pastor Burke? I said, well, yes, I am. He's like, I'm your security detail for the day. I said, I didn't know we were going into war or something. Like, I did not understand where I was in the middle of India right now. And like, I'm in North Carolina. This is not the same. So he, he's, like, he's like, no, no, I'm your security detail. I'm going to be with you all day. I'm like, well, I don't know why I need security detail, but okay, let's, let's have fun. And so we start driving together. I find out this guy serves at the church. He's just part of their dream team, and he runs his security, and he does it. But he takes it really serious because he owns a security company. And they go in and they do all this security for high-profile people and, and um, you know, NFL stars and movie stars and politicians. And, 
and Aaron Burke. Like that's, the, that's on his resume right there, those four things. It's pretty amazing. I'm like, you gotta, you gotta tell people you watched me today. Like it was pretty amazing. So, so I asked him, I said, okay, in high risk situations, what's the best security protocol? And he gave me the idea, which I'm gonna run off this whole message, that, that in a high risk situation, the best is to have three people on security, three bodyguards around you. He goes, you need one on your side, one on the other side, and one right behind you. If you see the president going into a crowd, you'll see him. He's walking in the crowd. He's always got one person on one side, one person. You can't have just two. You need to have three. three to, you can't have four because you can't move anywhere. He said, you got to have three. Three is the perfect one. You see, you see a major celebrity go into the airport. They've always got the three. They've got the three people there. He showed me this idea, and it made me click thinking, oh, I think of all the times throughout the scriptures where when people were in difficult situations, God surrounded them by three. It's really crazy. I've never heard this preached about, never heard it talked about. I did all this study about this idea of crazy. Okay, Adam is put in the garden, and what is he? He's surrounded by the Trinity. We see it from the very beginning. God is all into these three type things. So puts him in the garden, surrounds him, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Abraham, we learn, is going through a difficult time years later, and Abraham is visited by how many people? Three people right there. It's, we see that in the story. You have um, Job. You know the story of Job. Job's a really wealthy man, loses everything. God sends him three visitors to come and console him. Three people right there. We see it in the New Testament where Jesus is in the garden and he brings his three closest, right? And who are they? They're Peter, James, and John. He's, he's surrounded by the three. In the intense seasons, there's always the three. Come on, Ebenezer Scrooge. Let's make it practical. Crucial moment in his life. And what happens? He's visited by how many? Three. There's something about the power of the three. The, the three things you need in your life that I think will bring joy. So I'm going to do it by showing you, by introducing you to my three bodyguards, okay? These are my three bodyguards that bring me joy in the midst of really difficult seasons, and I think they'll help you. So let's write down number one as, number, as the first bodyguard comes out, and it's simply this. You need to look back. You need to look back. And I always look back to make sure this bodyguard is with me, and this bodyguard is the bodyguard of the past, Okay? So, so I don't know about you, but I'm a, I'm a Rocky fan. Any Rocky fans in the house? Okay. All right. There's 28 Rocky movies. We love them all. They're all the same storyline. He loses. He comes back and wins. But we still watch the movies. So, um, so, so Rocky is a great illustration of looking back. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to make sure this guy is at my side. I'm going to make sure the past is at my side. We've been so quick to throw out the past because of all the mistakes we made in the past. We forget about the goodness of God in the past. And I want you to remember this because it'll keep you to have joy, so write it down in your notes. It's simply to remember that God has saved you in the past. So I'm gonna have joy. I'm gonna make sure this bodyguard is here, but I'm gonna look back and go, man, God saved me in the past. He did something so big to me in the past. I remember when I lost that job at 16 years, at what, 17, 18 years old. It was recently after I got saved. I lost two jobs in a row right then. I should have gotten the hint. I wasn't a good employee back then, but I remember... Um, People will go, are you okay? Are you frustrated? And all I can think about is, how could I be frustrated? I just got saved. I, God had just changed my life. I've just been called by God. I had this encounter with There was nothing this world could have done to make me frustrated or make me angry. Because listen, I was so close to this experience that changed my life. And here's the tendency. Ready? Radiant? Listen. The tendency is this. The further you get away from your salvation experience, the further, the older you get in your faith, 
the more you forget about that, and when you forget about that, then in this season, it's easy for you to lose your joy because you forgot the joy of the salvation that God gave you that you never deserved in the first place. So, so, so we miss this idea. L- listen, here's how Paul says it. Paul says, but whatever was to my profit, I'm going to consider loss for the sake of Christ. He's talking about his salvation experience here. He goes, what is more? He goes, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I I gave Jesus everything. So when I gave Jesus everything, if I get to this point and I lose something, it doesn't matter because I remember where I started. I already gave him everything I need to give him anyway. So he says on to say it like this. I consider them rubbish that I may what? Gain Christ and be found in him. I'm, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put my situation into perspective of the fact that at one time I was very distant from God and he saved my life. So when I lose my job at 17 years old, right after I'd gotten saved, guess what? It didn't matter because my life was not my own. I'd already been saved and I had Jesus. So why would it matter? Listen, I realized, and people ask me, they're like, well, what's, what's, you know, it was so much better before. You never lost your job before you got saved. And I remember telling my friend one time, I said, listen, my worst day with Jesus is better than my best day without him. I'm telling you, my worst day as a Christian is better than my best day before I found Jesus. And I think there's a lot of people in here, you don't remember how bad it was before God found you. No wonder you're letting the small temporary things get you upset. Why? Because we're not putting it in perspective of the fact that we've got Jesus in our life. I've got a past that I did not deserve him. I did not earn it. I was not in a place where I, I should have gotten it, but God gave me his grace. And I'm telling you, you need to look back sometimes and remember, wait, 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 where would I be without Jesus? I might not have that marriage anymore, but I got Jesus. I might not have that job anymore, but I got Jesus. I might not have, have that, 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 that house anymore. It got, it got repossessed. That's okay. I've got Jesus in my life. And my best day with Jesus is better than any day before I found him. Come on. Can anybody give you a little bit, a little bit of praise today? Amen. Here's, here's how I wrote it. Ready? As I said, if I lose everything, and, and some people might, let's just be real. The world is a terrible, tricky place where one moment we can have everything and the next minute we can lose it. We can have a bad diagnosis. We can have a terrible accident. Things, things are all so temporary. And I've just realized with my life, I'm going to live a life like Paul lived, where if I lose everything, but if I still have Jesus, then guess what? I have everything that I need. Come on, that's great preaching right there. It's just I have everything that I need. So, so I'm not going to let it, I'm not going to let me losing stuff determine my joy because I already have the best thing that I could have in life, which is Jesus. And I think we need to be revived and excited again the fact that we were once lost, but he found us. We were once blind, but now we can see. We were once a sinner on our way towards an eternity away from God, but by his grace, he saved us. And I think it's about time we remember what God did in our life. It'll help safeguard your faith. It'll safeguard you. Uh, Ephesians says it this way, remember that at that time you were separated from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. This is you, but look what he says. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have become brought near 
by the blood of Christ. So here's what I do. I get encouraged because when I remember what he has done before, I'm encouraged for what he can do again. So this safeguards my faith. So when I'm in a difficult season, I look back and I look at my journal entries and I look at where I wrote down in my quiet times about how God miraculously moved my life. He gave us the facilities we're in. He continues to move for us. I'm telling you, I don't know about you. I get a little bit overwhelmed by the things of this world. So I have to look back and go, whoa, 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 whoa. If God did a miracle before, he can do a miracle again in my life. Someone needs to get encouraged a little bit today that God who was doing miracles back then can still do it in your life today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, and I think he deserves our praise, and I think he deserves our worship. I think that's the God that we serve. You got to look back. It'll help. It'll safeguard your faith. It'll bring you joy in your life. All right, number two, you got to look around, and here's what you got to look around to see, because in the midst of all of your pain that you're experiencing right now, you need another friend to come in your life, okay? Here's my second bodyguard. Here he is, right? It's John Cena. You don't even see him, but he's up here, all right? And, he, and here, here's what John Cena represents. He represents the present, the current. In other words, here's what you did is write it down. You need to discover God's purpose for today. So when you're in the midst of pain, a lot of times, here, here's what my big frustration is, okay? Because we're in human nature. We can get so focused on the pain that we miss the purpose. Let me say it again. You get so focused on the hurt you forget the whole reason that, that God's brought you onto this earth today. So I have little kids, and if you know, they're, they're six and under, four of them are crazy. They're amazing, but they're crazy. So uh, kids are clumsy. I don't know if your kids are clumsy. My kids are clumsy. The other day, my daughter was just talking to us, and she's so great. And um, as she's talking, she's so excited, and she just runs into a wall. Katie and I just look at each other like, how is that even possible? Like she just turned around and just ran straight into a wall. And <laughs> love you, dear, if you're watching this. But uh, she, they're, they're so cute, but they're just clumsy. And, and a parent knows in that time you only have one thing to do. It's the ultimate distraction mechanism. You know, you get them up. You don't talk anything about it. I mean, their face can be just gushing blood. And you're like, isn't it awesome today? Come on, we're having fun. I remember my daughter fell one time, hit her head on the, the coffee table. I mean, she had a goose egg like this big coming out of her head. And she looks at Katie and I, she's like, is everything okay? And I'm like, sure, it looks great, dear. Let's go have fun. I look at Katie, I'm like, call an ambulance right now. This is wild. Like, what, what? It's so easy for us to get so fixated on our pain that we miss anything else in our life. And I wonder how many of you guys have been robbed of your joy because your entire life during this frustrating season has been about your pain. All you're thinking about is that divorce. All you're thinking about is how far that kid is away from the Lord. All you're thinking about how bad that diagnosis is, and you're so fixated on pain, you forgot purpose. And actually, God's way to get you joy in the midst of your pain is to give you purpose. So it's to give you something bigger than your pain in your life. So that's why you need a John Cena in your life. You need, you need a present purpose in your life. So here's how Paul says it. Ready? Paul says, not that I've already obtained this. I haven't got it all. I don't have it all together. My life is a wreck. I'm in prison. I have not been made perfect yet, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to press on. Can I encourage somebody in here today? It's time to press on. Like the, the hurt happened, the death happened, the frustration happened, the diagnosis happened. Can I encourage you today? Press on. 
There's something, there is life on the other side of your pain if you'll just press on today. There is some kind of purpose on the other side of your pain. He says, I press on to take hold of which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, in my present, here's what I'm gonna do. Time is tough, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna forget what is behind, I'm gonna forget about all the bad things that are happening, and I'm gonna press on towards the goal, toward win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. I'm gonna get my life on purpose in the midst of my pain. I'm gonna get my eyes off of my pain, on to something bigger than myself. Here's how I wrote it down in my notes because I think our human nature is opposite. Ready? Our human nature is when we're in the midst of pain, we recluse, we isolate ourselves, we watch messages online instead of coming to church. And I'm not, I'm not, I love, I love social media, I love this stuff, but I know there's a lot of people, you're hurting, and the worst thing you can do is secede in this moment and break away. And I just believe in my life that we get through difficult seasons not by succeeding, but by serving. You just gotta get something bigger than yourself. I, I, I saw this yesterday. I saw Dream Teamers at the Heights location working in 100 degree temperatures. And I watched and I looked and went room to room and I can think, because I'm their pastor. And I thought going, that person's in the midst of a terrible divorce. That person is fighting a crazy addiction. That person, they had a miscarriage this last year. And you know what they're not thinking about in that moment as they're swinging that hammer or pulling up that carpet? They're not thinking about their pain. They're living in their purpose. And I'm telling you today, this is what God has called so many of you guys to do. It might just be the missing ingredient in your life that'll make you rise to the greatness God has for you today. If you'll just mix in a little bit of purpose in the midst of your pain. Just go, I know, I know it's not natural, but I, I know my life isn't together. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I'm going to press on towards the goal of the prize of Christ Jesus that he has for my life. Amen? I'm telling you, people ask me all the time, they're like, how is your dream team so just happy? All the time, they're just always, you walk in, they're all smiling. He goes, how are y'all, y'all are like a church that has no issues. I said, you're crazy. We've got so many issues. Here's what our dream team is, ready? Our dream team is not issue free. They're just filled with a distraction that's bigger than their issue. So, so we come in here, my goal is to be the great distractor in your life. I'm just here when life is all about what's about me, what's about me, my hurt, my hurt, my hurt, my pain. You get around Aaron Burke and guess what we're gonna do? Serve that person, make some coffee, do, set up those flags, lead a small group. Well, what about me? Watch what happens because I've learned in my life when I invest in others, God always invests in me. So I'm gonna do my part to invest in them, to serve them and watch how God in turn will serve you and will bring you joy in the midst of difficult seasons. Can we give them a little little bit of praise for the fact that he still brings joy in the midst of our pain. It happens when we're serving other people. You can experience this, I'm telling you, in any season of your life. Number three, last one here, is I'm going to look forward. So I'm going to get another bodyguard. Remember I told you this, it's the power of three. It's the three that I need in my life. So no spoilers here, okay? Just switching it up. So um, let's just move it right here. There we go. Poor John Cena. You're here. You're doing good. It's a little shorter guy than the rest. Here's, here's my three bodyguards. When I'm going through difficult season, I'm going to hold on to the past. I'm going I'm to look at the present purpose. And then I'm going to hold on to the future. 
and I'm going to realize, here's, here it is, ready, write it down in your notes. I'm going to realize that I'm going to trust in a God who's in control of tomorrow. Because I'm telling you, I can have joy in really, really tough seasons. Because I just know that I serve a God who's in control of tomorrow. He formed and fashioned the universe and said, listen, listen, listen. He says, I know the plans I have for you. And the plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And plans for a hope and a future. If God who formed and fashioned the universe and says he's formed and fashioning my life, then I just trust he's going to turn it all around for the good. Like, like, do you know that God doesn't lose? So anything in your life that looks like loss is always temporary because at the end, we always win. I've read the end of the book. We win this thing pretty well. Like, and pretty easily we win this thing. And you're going to win this thing too. You just got to hold on to the fact that we serve a God who's in control of the future of your life. And he's good for his word. Here's how Paul says at the end of chapter three, ready? He says, but our citizenship is in heaven. There's something more than this earth. I'm telling you, there's something bigger. We're too short-sighted at the temporary loss. And I'm not, I'm not belittling your pain because some of you have get, dealt with overwhelming loss. Remember, your citizenship is not here. It is in heaven. So every single thing you think you've lost will be restored to you as a son and daughter of God. This is good news for us. It brings me joy, even in difficult seasons. And we eagerly wait a savior from there the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything in our life under his what? Control. He can bring it under your, his control. He can bring your bad marriage under control. He can bring that issue under control, that bankruptcy under control, your loneliness under control, your addiction under control. It is under his control and he will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. I'm telling you, whatever's broken now won't be broken then. I have a hope in the future that our God is in charge and he's going to turn it around for you. So guess what? When it's difficult season, I just have my head up going, you know what? It might be difficult temporarily, but my life is not in my hands. It's in the God of the universe's hands and he will turn it around for the good. He will bring it to perfection. He will use this difficult season. Come on, you can trust him with your future. Give them a little bit of praise today. Amen. During the Holocaust, the most difficult time in human history, Corrie Tim Boone writes it this way. She gives us an illustration of trusting God. She says, when a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, and some of you it's gotten dark. Man. Some people in here today, it's a dark season. Even in first service, I asked for a show of hands at the end of the message. You know, a quarter of the room just raised their hands. You're in a dark season. But here's what she says. When a train goes through a tunnel and it gets dark, you don't throw away the ticket and jump off. You sit and you trust the engineer. He's going to bring you out the other side. He's going to bring you out the other side. I don't know about you. I'm just glad to trust my life in the hands of something bigger than me bigger than, than what I can do, bigger than my purpose. And when I give my life to Christ, let me encourage someone in here today. If you've never given your life to Christ, the greatest decision you can make in your life is to take the joy component of your life out of your hands and give it to God. 
Because what you're going to do is you're going to watch him save you. You're going to watch him put you on purpose. And then you're going to watch him order your steps for your future. This is possible when you get your life out of your hands, into God's hands, and watch how he will use your life for glory. And through good times and through bad times, we have joy in our life. It's the missing component for so many people's lives. I don't want it to be for yours because it will safeguard your faith. Can I get a good amen today, Chady and Church? Amen. It'll safeguard you. You're going to be better on the other side of this. Every eye closed, every head bowed at every location. You're in here today, and I just want to, this is not a shame game. This is not uh, a time to call people out. I just think it's a lot of people, because I wouldn't have preached this message if God wouldn't have told me that there's a lot of people who are in a difficult season. And I want to pray for you. Just right there in your seat. You go, Aaron, that's me. I'm in a difficult season right now. Come on, throw that hand up all over this place. Thank you. People all over this place. Hundreds in this room, people watching St. Pete downtown, just throw that hand up right there. It's not even for anybody else to see. It's just for you to acknowledge it with God. If you're right there in your seat, just pray. Say, God, I, I'm in a difficult season, and I need your joy in this moment. Lord, I pray that they would supernaturally all over this place walk out of here with joy. Joy because you saved them in their past. Joy because you have purpose for them in their present. And joy because their future is ordered by you and you will bring it all under your control. And with every eye closed and every head bowed, you're in here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. We never want to end a service without giving you that opportunity. That's you today on the count of three. I want you to throw that hand up, wave it at me and say, Aaron, that's me. I, I, I want to give Jesus my life. I want to surrender to him. I want to put my trust in his and him. I'm telling you, he'll change your life right there in your seat. That's you on the count of three. Throw that hand up. Ready? One, two, three. All over this place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So many people. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's your day of salvation. It's your day to put your faith in Jesus. Just pray this prayer. Say, God, I give you my life. I give you my heart. Today, Jesus, come in. Transform me. Forgive me my sins. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. Today, I want to live for you. And I'm going to follow you. Tell them through the good times and through the bad times. Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, can we celebrate? Uh, probably a couple dozen people. Oh, we gotta do better than that. A couple dozen people that are made the best decision of their life. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that connection card. Check on there. I committed my life to Christ. We're gonna send you some resources. We're gonna send you a book to help you. It's not the end. It's just the beginning of this relationship with you and God. We celebrate you. The Bible says all of heaven is rejoicing because of your decision. So one more time, Radiant, can we do it too? Can we rejoice with them? Celebrate with them? It's awesome. Here's how we're gonna close out the service. We always close out our service by worshiping God with our generosity. Radiant, thank you for being faithful to God. I mean, you guys are the most faithful church. If you're gonna give towards expansion, just write on there, expansion. We'll still make sure 100% of it goes to the Tampa Heights uh, facility and, uh, and the launch of Brandon. So thank you for that. But if you're not, if you're just being faithful to God with your tithes, thank you for sowing into this ministry. I'm telling you, we're gonna change the world. The best is yet to come. You can give right here in the service, online, through text giving. Let me pray a blessing over your finances. Lord, thank you that in the good times and in the bad times, we can be faithful to you with our giving. Lord, and you will come through for us. You said that, Lord, when we honor you with our giving, you open the windows of heaven. And I prayed over this church. So many people sacrificially gave last week and this week, Lord, toward that expansion offer. I pray that you would open the windows of heaven on their life, over their finances, over their marriage, over the desires of their heart. Bless them in supernatural ways. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, 
Amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com. 